Child and rights advocates said they were encouraged by these signs of federal resolve, but they were also waiting to see how wide and lasting the changes would be. Across the country, hundreds of thousands of children under 18 toil each year harvesting crops from apples to onions, according to a recent report by Human Rights Watch, detailing hazards to their health and schooling and criticizing the Labor Department for past inaction. Soon after dawn, the vans stream through the roads, ferrying migrant workers from trailer camps to blueberry farms, where they pluck the fragile fruits for 10 hours or more a day. Last year, the fields were filled with children, so this is encouraging, said Emily Drakeage, North Carolina Regional Coordinator of the Association of Farmworker Opportunity Programs, a national network of state and private agencies. Beyond barring children from the fields, growers here also spruced up migrants' trailers and barracks and adopted scanners to record the buckets of berries collected by each worker. Now, wait a minute. They spruced up the trailers and barracks. What? They de-loused them? They, uh, what, they put doors and windows on them? They kept people from dying of carbon monoxide poisoning? And they put scanners, so actually when you pick a bucket of berries, you get paid for a bucket of berries, not for every other bucket of berries. Jerry, don't go jogging. California Attorney General Jerry Brown, former governor, Governor Moonbeam, Mm -hmm. says that his recent comment comparing GOP rival Meg Whitman's ad campaign to Nazi propaganda was off the record and should not have been reported. Nothing's off the record these days, This was just a private conversation, Brown said. Nobody had a pencil. Nobody said, by the way, is this a statement that you're making to the public? What? If you keep looking for pencils, you know, you got a problem, Jerry. (laughs) That's why he was governor 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Governor Pencil. A radio reporter in San Francisco reported that Brown harshly criticized the billionaire former eBay CEO's tactic of bombarding Californians with political ads supporting her run for governor. Governor, you know, she's buying her way in, of course. She's yeah. going gonna to spend $120 million of her own fortune, which is like, what, a little over 10% uh, to buy her way into the governor's mansion. She will not succeed. You know, she said, he said, by the time she's done with me, two months from now, I'll be a child molesting dot, dot, dot. Brown was also quoted as saying, she'll have people believing whatever she wants about me. Okay, It's like Goebbels, Brown said, comparing Whitman with the Minister of Propaganda in Adolf Hitler's Third Reich. Goebbels invented this kind of propaganda. He took control of the whole world. She wants to be president. That's her ambition. The first woman president. That's what this is all about. Brown has not disputed the accuracy of the report. He says that he bumped into reporter Doug Suvern. Uh, Severn was biking and Brown was jogging and uh, they had a little chat and it ended up on the national news. Oh, boy. The the more open mics and, um, uh, you know, casual conversations that aren't supposed to be reported these days, you you can never say anything off the record, Jerry. You can't say anything off the record. But, you know, the interesting thing is that the paper had to explain, we're so old, who Goebbels was. Yes, they did. Well, actually, yes, he had to tell everybody who his reference was because they wouldn't know who he, Goebbels he, was. Jerry, yeah. They must think it was turkey talk or something like that. But here's the thing. Will Meg Whitman live up to his, you know, his description? Will she indeed go Goebbels on Brown during this election? Because it's going to become very obvious very soon that he's the wiliest guy in the world, well, the there, smartest guy. You know, there's, there's this crowd of women trying to become the first whatever, you know, the first 
grizzly in charge and, and they're they're all they're all you know i guess that the the liberal women the women you would like to see running for president are all like hillary ki- clinton yeah they're all kind of standing in line waiting to be supreme court judges which yeah. is not a bad job for you hillary yeah well hillary's gonna put on the robe you can bet the deal is okay i'll go out and fix Bush's mistakes abroad, if I can. I'll try to heal some of the bleeding wounds, and then you put the robe on me. Yeah, yeah. And Carly the, Fiorina yeah, right, the, and Meg Whitman, both billionaires or something like it, take all their money after breaking the glass ceiling and then break into politics. Breaking the glass ceiling. The presidency is not what's awaiting for you on the 33rd floor. I studied Japanese for a while. I like the language. Uh, I like the whole feeling of the kanji and the various alphabets, and I would have continued except they stopped the course at UCLA while I was there. But I've gotten into Japan, and I realize that half of them are really fine people, and half of them are stone crazy. Okay? The Cove, an Oscar-winning documentary about dolphin hunting in Japan, which seemed to be a natural fit for movie theaters here in Japan. But so far, the distributor has yet to find a single one that will screen the film. This from The Grey Lady. And if Shurhai Nashimura and his compatriots on Japan's Nationalist Fringe have their way, none ever will. Nationalist fringe, that's a scary term in Japan, you know, before World War II. Those nationalists were taking out the big swords to every politician that disagreed with them. Okay, in a country that shudders at disharmony and remains wary of the far right's violent history, the activists' noisy rallies, online slanders, intimidating phone calls, and veiled threats of violence are frightening theaters into canceling showings of the Cove, which not only depicts dolphin hunting in an unflattering light, but also warns of high levels of mercury in fish, a disturbing disclosure in this seafood-loving nation. And, of course, a lot of the dolphin uh, trawlers have the big Japanese uh, rising sun on them. Okay. It's a stark example as well of how public debate on topics deemed delicate here can be easily muffled by a small minority, the most vocal of whom are the country's estimated 10,000 rightists who espouse hardline stances and disputes against Tokyo's neighbors. That's only 10,000 out of many, many millions. If you have any pride in your nation, do not show this film, Mr. Nashimura bellowed through his loudspeakers at a protest in front of the Yokohama New Theater, with about 50 protesters with billboards and rising sun flags in tow. Will you poison Japan's soul? I love these folks. The Cove feature scenes, many of them filmed surreptitiously, of dolphin hunts in the village of Taiji, southwest of Tokyo. A group of activists, led by Rick O'Berry, who trained dolphins for the television series Flipper, witnesses the violent hunts in a secluded lagoon, where fishermen corral dolphins, select a few to capture alive, and use harpoons to stab the rest to death, turning the inlet crimson with their blood. The killings, the activists charge, are driven by a lucrative trade in live dolphins for aquariums, as well as a local market for dolphin meat, which is contaminated with mercury. They won't buy it unless it's contaminated with mercury, because that's what gives it that extra slippery, quicksilverish kind of taste. Commercial whaling has been outlawed worldwide since the mid-80s, but the ban does not cover smaller marine mammals like dolphins. Japan kills about 13,000 dolphins a year, according to the fisheries agency, of which about 1,750 alone are captured in Taiji. We love dolphins. 
We should not be killing them. They are smarter than most of the members of Congress. I tell you what, Japan rightist, why don't you just tear down that shrine to all those Japanese soldiers who committed all those atrocities and start worshipping dolphins? Lemon, it's a lemon. This car's a lemon and I'll never get home. Hey, brother, you should be smoking, not your car. I'm Rudy Rude, naughty head of Rusty Ford Motors. And when you turn the key, do your car catch on fire? Lemon car, very tinny. And my steering wheel's got a squeak. And the brakes on this darn lemon haven't lasted me a week. Day old, it's a day old. Your batteries are day old and already it's day. Yes, day. It's a day, it's a day, it's a day, it's a day, it's a day old. Your spark plugs are crusted, there's a crack in your head. Hey, don't jump, make a fool of yourself, Johnny. Come go tell us what the matter. I'm sitting in this limo, trying to get the gears to mesh. I say pressure drop, oil pressure drop, oil pressure gonna drop on me. Walking down the road with a piston in my hand. Johnny, that's too bad. Oh, whoa, whoa. I got to run to the shop for repair, and there's no shop. Closed up. I get a tow to the shop for repair, and they locked up. No luck. Credit? You can get it if you really want, but you must apply. So come to Rasterford Motors, Johnny, where our service never stops. If you want to get that old lemon got fixed in a strange land. Check his hash oil, Rebron. We got to fix it together. And clean up his water Every pipe. one of us together. But Johnny, you're we going to dig our Rasterfordian vibrations. Hey, wait a minute. I recognize you. You I shot the sheriff. No, man, I did not see the sheriff. Yeah, I recognize hey, hey, Give me a break. And you no, shot I... the deputy, too. I didn't do the hey, deputy, man. Hey, 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 hey,